want to talk about something that will hinder you for, or I from fulfilling our God-given destiny in everything that God has for us. This one thing will stop us in our tracks. What am I talking about? I want to talk about excuses today. I want to talk about excuses. You know, when God appeared to Moses at the burning bush, he called him to the task of leading the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. You remember that? In response, Moses gave five excuses to why he did not think that he was the man for the job. Five excuses he gave, gave God. So I want to talk about the excuses, those five excuses that Moses gave to God and God's responses to them. But in a similar way, we as God's people today, we have been called by God to lead others out of bondage. Whether you know it or not, we have been called to preach and teach the gospel. Amen? Amen. To lead others out of bondage. Deliver them from the evil one. Amen? Amen? So every Christian has that responsibility. You are called to minister in the location and to the people that God has put in your life right now. So we're called to preach and teach the gospel of the kingdom of God, heal the sick. We're called to deliver people from, the, from evil spirits. Amen? Amen? So too often, though, we behave like Moses. We behave like Moses by using the same excuses as he gave to God. And so I want to go into these excuses. Go to uh, Exodus chapter 3. Before I get into the excuses, I want to refresh our memory on when God called Moses to the task of delivering the children of Israel. Because maybe there's someone in here who has never heard the account. So it would be good for all of us to go through Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. This is when God tapped Moses on the shoulder and said, you're the man for the job. All right, here it goes. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. It's interesting. What would happen if Moses didn't stop and look at the bush? It's when Moses stopped and looked at the bush that God continued on with, his, with telling Moses what he wanted him to do. Amen? Oh, there's a sermon right in that one verse. Verse 5. Then he said, do not draw near to this, near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And, and the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. And have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrow. So I have come down to deliver them out. It's interesting. God said, I've come down to deliver them. Well, he was tapping Moses on the shoulder. Well, whether it was Moses or God, Moses was a representative of God. Amen? Like we're called ambassadors for Christ today. Amen? Take hold of that. 
So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Verse 10. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. You know, one quick thing also about that, those 10 verses. I love how the word of God says that the bush was burning with fire, but was not consumed. I love, some reason that sparked something in my spirit. That reminds me of a Holy Spirit baptized Christian who's on fire for the Lord. Amen? The fire's there, but it doesn't consume them. Oh, hallelujah. See, let's get into this now. The first excuse that Moses used was, who am I? Look at verse 11 here. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Now, though Moses was once a member of the ruling house of Egypt, remember that? He, he, he was raised in the Egyptian home and then he, he broke off. But he was raised in the ruling house of Egypt. He was now a lowly shepherd. You know, sometimes God takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Amen? He'll take the person who you don't think is worthy to be used, and he uses them. Amen? Look at the Apostle Paul. Amen? He was killing Christians like I talked about last week. And then he got born again, and and praise the Lord, God used him in a mighty way. But 40 years had passed now since Moses was in Egypt. He was 80 years old. So this prompted Moses to question whether he was the right person for the job. But God's response to him was quick and should have been adequate enough. God said this. He went on to say, I will certainly be with you. I will certainly be with you. He said that to Moses. No, we as Christians are too dependent upon our own abilities rather than to rely on the power of God. Look at 1 Corinthians 2.5. Turn there. 1 Corinthians 2.5. I love this verse. It scrolls on the home page of our church website, in, in my ministry website. 1 Corinthians 2.5 says, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I love that scripture. Our faith, our trust, is, needs to be rooted in the power of God. How many of you know the power of God still flowing on the earth today? Amen. It's not done away with. It didn't end when the last apostle died. All right. It's still flowing today, and you and I can tap into it. We're not on our own as a Christian. We have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. Listen, listen. Sometimes we have to lose our mind. No, I'm talking about the part of our mind that has to figure everything out. How many perfectionists do we have in here today? That you need to know everything before you step out and do something. Not so in the kingdom of God. If you have a mission from God and the word of God backs you on it, you move forward with it. It don't matter what your abilities are, amen? Moses had a problem with this. We need to lose our mind. We need to renew our mind. See, whether you have a college degree or not has nothing to do with it. If you're called by God, he will supply, with, supply you with what you need to accomplish the mission. He will. How many of you heard of Smith Wigglesworth? Yeah, Smith Wigglesworth was a powerful man of God. He was an uneducated plumber. 
I said he was an uneducated plumber. He got born again in his, I think in his 50s, all right? And he received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And he did not have a college education to boast about, but he was filled with the Word of God and he was filled with the Spirit of God. Two requirements right there if you want to be used by God. He was used mightily to heal the sick, to raise the dead. There are multitudes of, the, of dead people were raised under his ministry. Well, it's not him doing it. It's the power of God flowing through him. Amen? Look at how God used the apostles. They were uneducated and untrained men. Look at Acts 4.13. Let me show you something here. I'm trying to tell you, your education level has nothing to do with it. Now, it doesn't hurt for you to join the uh, Revival Christian Training Center, all right? Because we're going over the Word. But I'm talking about in a secular sense, all right? It don't matter uh, how, much, how many English classes you had. It doesn't matter all this other stuff. It doesn't matter in God's kingdom, amen? What matters is if you're filled with the Word, filled with the Holy Ghost, and you're ready to step out, all right? Look at Acts 4.13. This says, it says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. So these Pharisees, when they seen uh, Peter and John flow in the power of God, they, they marveled. They, they said, man, these people, they, they're not as trained as we are. They don't have all the book knowledge that we have. They don't do all the rituals that we do. But they're flowing in the power of God. And this baffled the Pharisees, the religious people. Amen? And look at this. Look at the second part of 13 here. It says, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. The key to having powerful service for the Christian is spending time with Jesus. That's it. That's it. Spending time with Jesus. You're spending time with Jesus when you read and study the word of God. Amen? When you pray, when you attend church, you're spending time with Jesus. Now, what's your commitment level like? That's what you have to ask yourself. Do you want to flow in the power of God? Well, if you don't want to, don't worry about it. It won't flow through you then. All right? If you don't want to flow in the power of God, don't do anything. But if you want to move with God, you want to be used with God, you want to touch other people's lives, spend time with Jesus. Hallelujah. So God promised to be with Moses, but the excuses didn't stop there. The second excuse that Moses used was, what shall I say? Look at Exodus 3.13. Exodus 3.13. Then Moses said to God, indeed, when I have come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me, uh, uh, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, they, and they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? So he says, what shall I say? See, Moses knew that should he go to liberate the children of Israel, that there was going to be some questions. Amen? Moses is afraid of not having the answer. But to eradicate that, God was so good, God went on to tell Moses exactly what to say. He went on to tell him exactly what to say. And we as Christians get so worked up and nervous about what to say to people, like when to witness to them. Uh, you know, when we're, we're, we need to talk to someone and, and tell them about maybe uh, that healing's available in the Word. We don't know how to reach out to them. And so, so uh, you know, you get so worried about, what do I say? Let me simplify this for you, all right? 
What do you say to them? Give them the word of God. Don't try to figure it out in your own wisdom. But you know, to give them the word of God, you need to know and study the word of God. All right? So, yeah, there's some responsibility on your part, but God expects that of every believer around the world. Amen? So, uh, so the word of God is the only thing that will liberate people anyways. Amen? You can go ahead and try to tell them, give, give them your own uh, little speech and stuff, but if it's not laced with the word of God, you're wasting your breath. You're wasting your breath. Um, but you and I have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. And when we get into the situation, when we're willing to step out and be used by God, how many of you know the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance the Word of God, Scriptures to bring up? He will instruct you on what to say. Have you ever had that happen to you? When you were, a, you didn't know, you didn't know what to say. God, I don't know what to say, but God, I'm going to be willing and obedient. You want, you're, you're leading me to go talk to this individual. So God, you know, I, right now I, I don't know what to say, but I'm going to step out there and I'm going to make that connection and I'm going to trust your Holy Spirit to give me the words to speak. Uh, and you know, I found out that he's always faithful. First off, how foolish is it to think of this? That it, God's telling you to go to someone and talk to someone. Do you, think, do you think God is that foolish not to tell you what to say? Think about it. He's never given us a reason not to trust him. Why don't you trust him now? Amen? So trust him. Step out and go and trust him. Learn to rely on the Holy Spirit, the one called alongside to help. Amen? He, he will always show up. He will give you the words to speak. But like I said, to be able to do that, you have to give him an opportunity to flow through you. So you've got to put yourself in that position and be obedient Step out of the boat. Get out of your comfort zone. Amen. Get out of your comfort zone. Amen? So what shall I say? When you're in the situation, you'll know what to say. Just go there. Be obedient. Do what God's telling you to do. Amen? Uh, so, you know, I, I hear some Christians say sometimes, I, you know, I wish God, before I go, tell me exactly what to say. Tell me exactly what to say. Or I hear Christians, they say, you know, if God would just appear to me like he did in Moses in the burning bush, then I would have more confidence and I'll go. No, it wouldn't because it didn't help Moses one bit. Amen? Come on. It wouldn't. That's just an excuse. Drop the excuses. Get out of your comfort zone. It doesn't matter. It's still going to be something you're going to have to get over that fear. You're going to have to climb over that hump. It doesn't matter one bit if God came to you in the flesh and told you, all right, I want you to go. It wouldn't help one bit. Didn't help Moses. So what, what makes it think it's gonna, you're going to be any different than Moses? Amen? It wouldn't be. So it wasn't good enough for God to tell Moses in advance what to say, so more excuses followed. Excuse number three that Moses used, suppose they will not believe me. Look at Exodus 4.1. Exodus 4 verse 1. Then Moses answered and said, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. And suppose they say, the Lord has not appeared to you. Moses is really struggling here, isn't he? I mean, oh my goodness. Uh, here's a burden, burning bush that's not being consumed. Here God says, I'm sending you here to say this. More excuses. What in the world's going on, Moses? Amen. 
boy, this dude's really having some problems here. So now that Moses knows what to say, he balks at the idea that people may not listen. What's that called? Fear of rejection. How many of you in here love to be rejected? <laughs> Nobody does, amen? Nobody does. But still, it wasn't good enough for God to show up. It wasn't good enough for the signs in, in, in all the information that God gave because Moses had to get over the hump of the fear of rejection. The fear of man. The fear of man. So, uh, so Moses was afraid of failing. He has already disregarded every other promise that God has given to him. And how easy is it for us as Christians to forget the promises of God? Uh, many times we give more place to fear than we do to God's word and to the promises of God. Amen? We do, we do. So, uh, you know, how many of you know that the New Testament now, God promises signs would follow us? Amen. Go to Math Mark 16. I want to show you something here. Mark 16, verses 15 through 20. I want to show you something here. So all of these signs that, uh, you know, took place. You say, yeah, well, that's in the Old Testament when Moses laid down the rod and it turned into a snake. He put the rod in the water and the water turned to blood and all that. Well, how many of you know that God promises that signs will follow us when we go out and we're obedient to him? Mark 16, 15 through 18. The church isn't dead, amen? We're a living church, amen? God is still alive. The power of God's still flowing today. Listen to this. And he said to them, Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will, not be, will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. Notice it's in the context of going out and preaching the gospel. It's in the context of going out and being obedient to God. Verse 17, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Now, those are just a few of the things of the signs that God lists in there. But other things happen. Uh, unusual miracles followed Paul. Remember when he gave uh, uh, handkerchiefs, handkerchiefs to the sick, and it said unclean spirits came out of them, and sickness and diseases came out of them, and they were healed because the anointing that was transferred into that cloth. So, I mean, he just lists a couple things here in Mark 16. The point is that signs and wonders will follow you when you're obedient to God. Disobedience, no signs, no confirmation. But if you're going out, think about that, confirming, confirming the word. That means that you're talking about the things that the power of God is able to do. So then God can confirm it. Wouldn't it be foolish for me to go over to to the super eight and say well uh, i'm here and they say what's your name uh james brandt you don't have a reservation here well there was nothing to confirm because i never made the reservation so the only thing that god can confirm is what you're speaking from the word you understand that if you're not seeing the sick healed are you are you preaching that the sick can be healed are you telling people that the sick can be healed amen if you're not seeing any demons getting cast out, are you saying that freedom from demonic, are you telling people that freedom from evil spirits is available? Amen? See, you gotta preach it and do it. And God will back it up. He will confirm, 
he will put his stamp of approval on what you're preaching, what you're talking about. Do you understand that? It's that simple. But many Christians hesitate to share the gospel, pursue a ministry that the Lord's calling them to, or to obey God simply because of fear of failure. It all comes down to fear. It all comes down to fear. But listen to this. Moses was afraid. He said, God, what if people don't listen to me? What if they don't believe that I've seen, that, that seen you? Well, first off, our job as Christians, as ministers of the gospel, is it, it's not up to us whether they believe it or not. It's our job to be obedient and give them the message. You understand that? It doesn't matter one bit if the people don't believe me. They don't believe, it don't matter if they think I'm Santa Claus. Our job is to give them the word and to go out and do it. That's it. So there, let that weight come off you, all right? Who cares if they don't believe you? Just give them the word. Give them the word. So by now, you would think that Moses would just accept the call on his life, right? All of these things, all right, God's, he, God is so gracious. He's just giving him one confirmation after another. I'm going to be with you. Here's what you say. Go here. You lay this down. Turns into a snake. Put your staff in water. Turns into blood. Cool, everything's great, right? Moses is ready to go with the power of God. No, another excuse. The fourth excuse that Moses used was, I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Look at 4.10 here. Then Moses said to the Lord, Oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before uh, nor since you have spoken to your servant. But I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. So there is another excuse. Moses says he's not an eloquent speaker. But you know what? God's not moved by that excuse either. Amen. He's not moved by that. It don't matter if you can get up and give a five-point sermon. It doesn't matter if you have a speech impediment right now. Amen. If he's calling you to do something, he's going to equip you. He's going to equip you. Um, see, this is the thing that Moses didn't understand. God knew everything about Moses before calling him to the mission. He knew everything. God knew that he had a weakness with his speech. God knew that he was shy. Amen? God knew Moses' weaknesses, and God knows you better than you know yourself. He knows your strengths. He knows your weaknesses before he calls you to the mission even. Amen? So you can trust when God taps you on the shoulder and gives you a mission and tells you to go do something he already knows what your weaknesses are. And he probably knows the excuses that you're going to give him. Amen? That's the truth. You see, God is able to pick up the slack where we, where we lack in our, in our life. Plain and simple. He's able to fill the gap. Our God is a God of provision. He provides for the vision. He provides for the vision. Especially when he gives it to you. Amen? And now, isn't that foolish? God laid something on your heart and you're sitting here worrying and all this and what? God's not big enough to provide for his own mission that he's put in your heart? Amen? Oh, come on now. Someone's got to take hold of that one. But listen, God arranged for Aaron, for Aaron to help Moses and to be his mouthpiece. All right? So God said, all right, Moses, I'm going to give you a little help. Aaron's going to come along here soon. Hook up with him, all right? He's going to help you out. So, I want to tell you this. How many of you know who Benny Hinn is? Have you, did you know that when Benny Hinn was a little boy, eh, he stuttered. He had a terrible speech impediment. 
And one day the power of God whacked him and that speech impediment just left. And he's preaching to millions and millions of people around the world right now. Benny Hinn, all right? And God's no respecter of persons. Do you want your healing? Amen. Do you want to be used by God? Amen. He's able to give it. See, the Apostle Paul understood the importance of relying on God's help and not his own ability. And, uh, and he, he just said, the Apostle Paul said, all right, I'm at the end of myself. I'm going to obey God. He got to the point where he was just willing and obedient. That's the plain truth. Look at 1 Corinthians 2 again here. But we're going to start at verse 1. 1 Corinthians 2. You can make something out of your life. You can fulfill the vision that God has given you. It doesn't matter on your, the amount of your secular education. It doesn't matter the, the amount of money you have right now. Amen? God is the provider. Listen to this, what the Apostle Paul said here. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him, and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. Did you catch that? But in demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith, there it is, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. The Apostle Paul understood that the Holy Ghost can flow through him in a greater measure when he loses himself. When he doesn't consider his own abilities and he just lets the Holy Ghost loose in his life. That's it. That's it. So these four excuses that I gave you so far led to the main point that Moses was trying to exp express. The last excuse. Look at this. The last excuse that Moses used was please send whomever else you may send. Exodus 4.13 so Moses was, excuse the pun, beating around the bush when he really just wanted to say this one. God, send someone else. All right, look at this. Exodus 4.13. But he said, oh my Lord, please. Can you picture Moses saying this? Please send by the hand of whom, whomever else you may send. See, as I said, the main hindrance that he was dealing with was fear. Fear insecurity i'm not good enough i'm not good enough for you god god you're making a mistake tapping me on the shoulder for this mission no finally after all of these five excuses that moses gave god begins to get angry at moses look at exodus 4 14 through 17 here god finally says all right i had enough with this Listen to this. <laughs> Hallelujah. Exodus 4.14. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well. And look, he is also coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. Now you, now you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will... Uh, be with your mouth and with his mouth and I will teach you what you shall do so he shall be your spokesman to the people and he himself shall be notice these shells he's saying 
basically in a nutshell, you will go. You will do this. I will be with you. It said the anger of the Lord was kindled against him. And you shall be to him as, as God, basically a representative. And you shall take this rod in your hand with which you shall do, do the signs. God laid it right out to Moses. Finally, because God knew if God didn't put a stop to this, another excuse was going to come out. My question to you is, what excuses are coming out of your mouth? Why do you keep trying to talk God out of him using you? God knew you before you were even formed in your mother's womb. He knew everything about you. Amen? So Christians, don't fight against the call of God on your life. It's a wonderful feeling to know that you're fulfilling the will of God in your life. It's awesome. When you're in the will of God and you're just stepping out and doing it, I'll tell you, the fear, the insecurity will melt away because you'll start to see the faithfulness of God in your life. You will start to see the faithfulness of God in your life. And any excuse that you can come up with not to obey God is not valid anyways. Any excuse to justify your disobedience to God is not valid. It's a waste of time, and you're tempting God. Amen? God got angry at Moses. So the question is, what has God been tapping you on the shoulder to do in your life? What has God been, been tugging on your heart to do, and you still haven't done it? It comes down to a faith problem. It comes down to not trusting and believing God's judgment and not believing the promises of God. We need to be ready to obey God instantly. The moment he puts something on your heart, boom, go do it. When he, tells, when he gives you the green light, that is, go do it. Don't wait. Don't hinder. Because first off, someone else's life might be in jeopardy. And if you don't go and do it, it could be too late for that person. Because then the Bible says in Ezekiel, if you don't go and do it, if you don't be the spokesperson, then their blood's on your hands. Remember that scripture? Very, very sobering scripture. We need to have the same attitude as the prophet Isaiah and say to God, God, here I am. Send me. Send me. Send me to the mission field. Send me to this individual. Send me to my coworker. Amen? Send me. That's what God's looking for. Now, we know the rest of the story about Moses. Moses went on to obey God. He delivered the children of Israel out of bondage. He finally was obedient to God. And there was, God just showed up in a tremendous, powerful, mighty way. Amen? But what about you? What will the rest of your story be for your life? We know Moses' story. But the fact is, if you still have breath in your lungs right now, the story's not over. It's not the end. You can start brand new right now now right now you can repent we need to repent of those times that we've made excuses of why not to obey God just plain and simple say God forgive me for making excuses they were stupid I was foolish all right I was fearful just admit it open up to him because he already knows the problem anyway don't worry you're not going to shock God <laughs> amen you're not going to surprise God but what about you? What will be the rest of your story of your life? 
How are you going to be remembered? When you go home, if you're a Christian, when you go home to be with the Lord, and you have, will, you be able, will people be able to talk about your legacy and about how you were used by God and how you touched many lives? Or are you just going to be another dead dream in the cemetery? What is it? Do you want to make an impact for God? Do you want to be used by Him? At the end of your life, are people going to look back and say, you know, boy, that Pastor Tom and Carol, they sure were a blessing. Boy, they were sure used by God. They sure, they sure touched my life. Boy, they, they delivered me from the, these, you know, they helped me, ministered to me when I was getting ready to commit suicide. They talked me out of it. See, they were obedient to God. What's going to be your legacy? I want to challenge every person on that. What legacy are you going to leave behind on this earth? Amen? Will you heed the call of God to preach and teach the gospel to others? You don't have to be a full-time minister to do that. You don't have to be a pastor, prophet, teacher, evangelist, apostle. You don't have to be. No, every Christian when you're going and you talk to that co-worker, when you talk to that family member, when you talk to that friend, you're preaching the gospel. When you're showing them the way to Jesus, you're teaching the gospel. Amen? Or will your life just be filled with excuses and never get the job done? I want to encourage every person, heed the call of God on your life today. Don't let life pass you by. Amen? And avoid every excuse that you or any evil spirit tries to put in your heart to give to God. Throw it away. Cast it down. Let's stand in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father God, I pray you administer to each individual in this place. We all know if we're honest with ourselves... We know that we've all come up with excuses. We all have excuses of why we don't want to do something. And we put it under the blood of Jesus right now. Forgive us, Father. Lord, here we are. Send us. The people of Revival Christian Center. God, we want to live up to the name. We want to spread your word to as many people as we can. Now, maybe there's someone in here you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. Today is the day of salvation. Don't leave this building without doing it because you don't know when you're going to take your last breath and you don't want to wake up in the pits of hell for eternity. You take your last breath, game over. It's done. Don't wait. You're hearing it right now. And if you've never received Jesus as Lord and Savior, I want you to come to this altar. And I want to pray with you to become born again. Maybe there's someone in here you need to rededicate your life to Jesus Christ. You know you haven't been living the life. You know it's been religion and rituals to you. Well, that's not what God's looking for. He's looking for your heart. He wants your life. He wants your commitment. And if you haven't been there thus far in your walk with him, I want you to come to this altar and rededicate your life to the Lord right now. Maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism.
Bible says, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. It's an empowering. The Holy Ghost comes upon you as an empowering to be used mightily. You ever went and heard someone preach and it was just dead? Amen. It's the Holy Spirit that brings life. And you need the Holy Ghost baptism as a Christian. If you never received him as the Holy Spirit baptism, I want you to come to this altar. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Maybe you need a physical healing. Maybe you need emotional healing. Maybe you've been getting attacked in your mind with thoughts of despair, hopelessness, suicide. That keeps ringing in my spirit. I want you to come up for prayer. Physical healing, emotional healing. You just need someone to agree with you. Worship the Lord. The rest of you just make a fresh commitment to the Lord right now. And say, here I am, Lord. Use me. Use me to touch the, the world. Use me. I want to leave a legacy. I want to leave an imprint for the Lord Jesus Christ on this earth before I pass away that's you just lift your hands to the Lord and tell him that tell him you want to leave a legacy for your children to see an example for your children an example for their children you want to leave a godly seed you want to sow that seed lift your hand to the Lord right now and make a fresh start with him That's what you are. Just keep worshiping the Lord. Listen to the words of this song. It is so beautiful. I had to choose it today for the second song. The one who walked on water, I am. The one who calmed the seas, I am. The miracles and wonder, so come and see. Oh, follow.
God is the great I am. Amen. deliverer today he is your deliverer do you need a healer today he's your healer you need a redeemer today he's your redeemer God. Amen. Give the Lord a hand this morning. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you so much. Hallelujah. Visitors, thank you for coming today. Remember, if you show up twice, you're not a visitor anymore. Amen. Part of the family. Come on back. Pray for me. Lift me up as I fly out to Houston going into the enemy's camp. I'm telling you, something powerful is going to happen down there. So be praying because you all are a part of it. Amen. You're sending me out there. So... Not financially, but you know what I'm talking about, in spirit. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Go out, have a blessed week. Uh, Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday we're continuing with the John Bevere series and all of the other stuff is going on for the whole family. Uh, training center students, come back prepared. We're going to have a good old time in the Lord. Amen? Amen. Go out, have a blessed week.